Welcome to Brain Pain, where we discuss everything psychology. As always, I want to start by saying I'm not a therapist. Nothing I say here is meant to replace therapy. I'm just discussing topics that fall broadly into the category of psychology or are related to it some way. I have a master's in psychology and I'm currently working on my PsyD, a doctorate in psychology. And before we get going today, a friend of mine brought up an idea that I didn't cover everything on a topic in one of the podcasts. I want to make sure everyone knows this is not meant to be all-inclusive every time I bring up a topic. If we want to dive deeper, I'm happy to do so, and you can contact me at john, J-O-H-N, at brainpain.us, and send me some ideas. So originally... I was going to call this creating an an effective career, but I realized that a lot of what I'm going to talk about is just being effective at whatever it is you want to do or how you do it. And not everything may apply to every application or every situation, but a lot of it may be helpful. It was helpful to me. That's why I'm passing these things on. These are not just things I read about. They're things I've tried to enact and have made me better at what I do for my day job. So let's get into it on how to be effective. The first thing is know that it's not going to be easy. Work hard. Apply yourself. Don't look for the easy way out. For a lot of people, that seems like it shouldn't need to be said. But for a lot of people, it needs to be said. It's not going to be easy, and it's going to take a lot of work. On top of that, not only work hard, but don't be lazy. Like I said, don't be lazy. And and I want to break that out, that don't be lazy part. Because we can work really hard and still be lazy about things. The things we don't like on on a particular thing we're doing. The aspects of the job that are harder than others or ones that just we're annoyed by. Don't be lazy. Do them and do them right and do them and work hard at them. Become good at them. Now, one of the things that I've found has worked really well for me, and it's something that I can speak about, is for whatever you're doing, whatever your career is, um, your career might be a stay-at-home spouse or parent, or uh, your job might be a plumber, it might be an executive, it might be whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Physical fitness. Keep your body in good physical condition. Uh, I know p- some people who know me well will say, hey, you haven't always done that. No, I have not. And I'm working hard now to do so. And I found that with regular exercise and, and eating well most of the time, well, you got to have something nice every once in a while that doesn't fit into the uh, ideal diet. But working out, eating healthy in general, getting enough sleep, all of these things uh, make the release of your hormones and the synapses fire better, all of that is going to function better. Your brain's going to function better if your body can support it better. We have a lot of things that happen in the brain. And if the body is not healthy, we already know you can get brain fog from certain diseases or genetic conditions that cause the rest of your body to have a problem. It can then cause you to not think as clearly. 
we know that if we have to go on medications, there's some that make us not think as clearly. It may interfere with synapses in our brain so that we're just not as effective. So being uh, physically fit is definitely one of the things you can do to be more effective. That means taking time out of your day to exercise. And I would encourage everyone, I'm trying myself, to reach your physical limits when it comes to physical fitness. I am slowly working that way, but that's the other part of that physical fitness. We have to understand that it's ongoing. It takes time to reach goals. We're not going to work out for a week and all suddenly be physically fit unless we're already physically fit. The second item we're going to bring up is active thinking. I know another number of people who will tell me, oh, yeah, I think, I think all the time. Well, we do think all the time. But I'm talking about active thinking. I'm talking about thinking with a purpose about your, I would originally would say your job, but whatever it is you're going to do. If you're a stay-at-home uh, individual, it's about your day. What is your day going to look like? If you're a manager, you might look at the tasks that have to be completed and what order and who needs the most attention. And just literally just sitting and taking the time to think through what you need to do for the day. Prioritize tasks. Uh, One of the things I try to tell people is all the stuff that you can do quickly, do it first. Just knock it out. Get it out of the way. It's done for the day. You have to answer 10 emails. Jump in and answer them. Get them off your plate. You... You organize this work so it makes sense. This is another pet peeve of mine. People who go through and read all of their emails before they respond to any of them. Because the way my emails um, print out or show up on my dashboard or in my Outlook. The newest one's always at the top, even of a chain of emails. So I can look at the top one, read everything down, and then respond to it, and then move on to the next one. I don't have to read everything and then go back and respond, right? I don't have to read 20 emails, then go back and and respond to each of them. That's a waste of time. Look at the email. If it can be dealt with, deal with it immediately and get it off your plate. The same thing with these minor tasks that we often put off because they're minor tasks. Knock them all, you know, set them up to be knocked out first. That way you've gotten all that out of your way, and now you can focus on the bigger tasks that take a lot more time. Setting this up and doing this active thinking is not just organizing your day. It's also considering alternatives to the way you do things, your process, uh, the way to deal with situations, looking and seeing what situations may be forming that if you don't sit still and think about it, you may miss until it shows up. I would recommend anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes a day. Uh, Very few people need 60 minutes of active thinking at the beginning of their day. I typically need between 15 and 30. I think on on a long day, I think I've hit 35 because I was really taking some notes and exploring some ideas and considering what I wanted to do and how I would be able to maybe do some things differently. But typically it's about 20 to 25 minutes. And again, you're thinking with purpose about specific things. You're not just letting your mind wander. You're going, for me, when I want to do this podcast, 
my active thinking. I sit down and think actively before I even start writing it. What's the topic going to be? What are some of the subjects I want to touch on in that topic? What's relevant? Uh, maybe what's relevant to me, what's relevant to possibly the people I know listen, what's relevant to people in general. And I take some notes. And that's another thing you may want to do when you actively think, take some notes that you will actually be able to use later. One final thing is your mindset. When you do active thinking, it's important to take that time as well, not only just to think about the things that need done and the projects and the opportunities and the situations that may be forming around what you do. It's also a chance to set your mind for the day so that you can make a great day. Even if you face all the challenges, all the worst challenges, you can make a great day. It doesn't have to be, oh, I've got a terrible day. No, don't let it be a terrible day. Be a day where you overcome challenges every day. But you have to set your mind for it. You have to prepare for it. You can't simply walk in and then be surprised that you're overwhelmed or upset. Take a minute to set your mind and your attitude. The next, the next item I thought long and hard about whether or not it really needs to be in here, but obviously it does because it's here. Become an expert at what you do. Know all about it. Understand where your job fits in the big picture. If you are a stay-at-home spouse, you are what you do at home allows your spouse to go out and earn a living without the distractions of having to do the second job of take care of the home. If you're working the grill at a fast food restaurant and you're cooking hamburgers, well, you're building the base of what that franchise or that restaurant does. If you're sweeping the floors in a restaurant, you're making sure that the place is clean and safe for people to have a good experience. All of these things work together and you have to understand where you're at and understand what your job does, what purpose it serves. If you don't understand the purpose of your job, I highly recommend you ask about it unless you think it'll get fired. Because if you're scamming somebody by not doing really anything that matters, um, you might not want to ask that question. But your job should be serving a purpose. It should be contributing to the greater good of the entity that you're working for. If you're working for your own, if you're working for yourself, if you're running a business, everything you do should be suited to that. And if you are running your own business or if you manage your own workflow and you find things you're doing do not contribute to the bottom line, why are you doing them? If your boss says you're doing it because you're told to do it, well, then you do it. But understand where the time is being wasted so if you're asked, you can speak to it intelligently. Understand how your job feeds other jobs. I used the example of making burgers earlier, just a few seconds ago. You make the burgers, your job feeds the front line of people selling the burgers. If you're sweeping the floor, again, 
you're making the restaurant clean for customers so that when they come in and sit down, they, they're not wading through trash or nastiness and, and it's hygienic. So you're feeding the end result directly. You know, if you're, whatever your job is, it typically feeds some, some other job or some other end goal. And so you have to understand, are you feeding the end goal or are you just feeding the next job that helps feed the end goal? And understand what makes the next person's job easier by you doing your job correctly. It may also help you improve, improve workflow and make it, uh, I don't know, better or more fun or subjectively better to work where you're working. Understand the jobs that feed your job. If you're dependent on someone else to provide you with a product or information prior to you being able to do your job, understand what their job is doing and what its purpose is so that you may be able to get them to give you it, give you the information or the part in a manner that improves your ability to do your job. And that means, of course, all of that comes back to knowing the big picture, understanding what is really going on where you work. Understanding what the end goals are, what's important, and what matters the most when it comes at the end of the day and when you're providing the service or the product that is being produced. Now, the next one I'm guilty of not doing as much as I need to, as are many people I know. But know what jobs are available in the industry. Within your industry, what jobs are available? You should check in every six months and just see what's out there. I'm not saying go job hopping, but know what they are. Know what the jobs are paying. Understand the industry. A lot of people say, oh, this sounds like a lot of work, a lot of stuff. Hey, I already told you at the beginning, don't be lazy. Understand it's going to take hard work. This is about you being effective and efficient. This is, this is a difficult one. Knowing your value. What is your value? For what you do, what is the real value of that work on the market? What's the value to the company? And by checking jobs every six months, you can stay abreast of that. You can understand it. Um, because like in the medical industry right now, going on with everything that's going on, what people worked for in the industry a year ago, well, more like two years ago, a lot of people are worth a lot more money now. And so you've seen people jump from hospital system to hospital system because they can get paid more to do the exact same job across the street or down the road or you know, five miles away. And it's because there has been a labor shortage within the healthcare industry. But if you're not paying attention, you'll just stay where you are and especially if you're unhappy, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Knowing your value is a bit of a balancing act because you don't want to sell yourself short, but you don't want to get some hyperinflated sense of your value to a company. Now, a company will want you to think that you're not worth anything more than they pay, and they might even be being generous. That's what they want you to think because they want you to stay, and they want you to do the job for as cheaply as they can get you to do the job. That's the nature of it. But also, if you go in with unrealistic expectations, you're liable to shoot yourself in the foot and put yourself out of the market simply by trying to charge too much for what you can offer. 
If you're entry level, understand your entry level. If you're senior level of whatever you do, understand that you're senior level and know what that's worth. But don't go trying, don't, don't go sell yourself for entry level when you're, a, when you're senior level and vice versa. Don't try to sell yourself a senior level when you're entry level. I say it all the time. You can either choose to pay your dues up front, work hard, get the experience, and then be able to capitalize on that later, which is a traditional model for climbing the ladder. I mean, climbing the ladder. But it works. There is no shortcut for experience. There just isn't. When I was 20, I didn't believe it. By 25, I understood. And within this idea of valuing yourself and knowing the value in the industry, there may be a time when it's time to leave your industry and look at another industry that may be parallel or that your skills translate. Right now, there's a number of people who believe that, again, I'm coming back to healthcare with uh, everything that's going on. They believe that their skills translate better to a different type of job. They don't want to be at least not directly in patient care or in a hospital system. They feel there's too much pressure and not enough pay for what they do. And so they're looking outside of healthcare and a lot of them have jumped ship. A lot of them have gone to other industries. This can happen in any industry, any industry, any job. Uh, I know a lot of factory workers who were shocked when uh, their plant shut down. It actually made incandescent lights. They didn't understand that uh, LEDs and uh, compact fluorescence were going to take them out of a job, but it did. Whole plant shut down. Had they been paying attention, they could have had the opportunity to go do similar work in other plants within their region. They might have had to move, which is not always a first choice, but they could have avoided the all the complications of that plant shutting down, including uh, home prices bottoming out, all the equity they thought they had in their house gone in one day, all the, uh, you know, plans for retirement and future of the town gone in a day. So you got to pay attention. That's just the nature of the world as it is today. This is kind of like in the category that falls outside of the direct work itself or the job itself, but surround yourself with people who, who support your success, who cheer you on, who are excited when you do well. I often tell people, get the Eeyores out of your life. And that means even if it's family. Um, you have family members that are being counterproductive to your success. I'm not saying never talk to them again, but limit their access to you. Only have access to them when it's in a controlled situation and it doesn't beat you down because someone you care about and love, uh, being negative about your success makes it difficult to continue to be successful. Friends, family, I was just, 
I can think of a number of issues. And, and this could go down the rabbit hole, but sometimes that negative mentality that uh, nothing's ever good, it's never going to be good, all of that is temporary in someone's life. And I'm not going to go way down that. So you may need to limit your access to some of your friends sometimes for you to be successful because you don't have the energy or the capability to overcome that negative input. I'm not saying abandon your friends. I'm not saying don't be supportive of your friends. If anything, a friend that goes from being very supportive to being very negative, uh, try and support them in finding their way back. But don't let it get to a point where it drags you down with them. And the last thing I really want to talk about is taking time off. Now, I try personally to keep some vacation in the bank, but once I have that vacation banked, I try to use the rest of my vacation. I try not to even come close to maxing out the amount of vacation I can carry over. I do this for a number of reasons. One, you know, I'd rather, if, if something happened where I could you know, passed away before I retired and, and was, um, well, before I retired. I would really not want to have a bunch of vacation on the books. All that time I could have taken off and done something other than work and get paid for it. Um, and I, uh, I didn't use it. Seems silly to me. Now, of course, I, I want some for emergencies. I want I try to keep a couple weeks so that if something goes wrong, I've got at least two weeks in the bank. But beyond that, I try to use it all. And when I start a job, I try to get that first week in the bank. And then after that first week's in the bank, I use a lot of it and try to slowly build up the second week. The reason is, is we can recharge and we can come back into our job refreshed. That's what vacation is for. That's why it's important. Vacation should not always be, although we understand sometimes it is, it should not be to get some other work done. It should be a time where you can go recharge. Yeah, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to take Friday off so that I can work on my house. Well, that's great. It's not a bad idea. Unless that's how you use your vacation all the time, is to work on the house and work on things that need to be done. Instead of taking some time to sit down and, and do something fun that you enjoy, that is vacation-like. Even if it's just go for a walk in the park. Take time to recharge your batteries. Don't wait until you hit empty to vacation. When you start to, you know, anytime after, if you imagine your energy and your interest to be a, a meter that tells you full to empty, then anytime after you get down past the halfway full point, you should start looking at taking a vacation. Recharge, get, get filled back up. Don't run out of gas before you decide to fill back up. That's how you get to burnout. That's how you make your life worse, not better. That's how you get less efficient, not more efficient. So there's just some of my ideas. I'm sure that plenty of people have lots of other ideas. But the one that I would really have you take away if you take nothing else 
Well, there's two. It's really don't be lazy, work hard, but also active thinking. Think on purpose about a subject for a dedicated space of time. You'll be amazed at what you'll think of. You'll be amazed by yourself. You'll be amazed at how awesome you are. I'm pretty sure I would be too. Okay, and with that, remember that I love you. Take care of yourself. <laughs>